0: Trader Crypto Podcast. podcast. This is the Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast.
1: All right, guys, welcome to the Trader Cobb Crypto Show. Uh, I've got some special guests with us this week. It's the guys from the Blockchain Buzz. Now, if you haven't listened to their podcast, I suggest that you certainly do because there's some really good stuff in there. The best thing is you get three for the price of one. Today with me, I have Lucas. Luis, sorry, Luis and Gaspar. These three blokes have been uh, in the space for a while, at varying degrees of, uh, of of duration, and um, I'm really pleased to have them on the show because they can give us a different perspective. So, um, with that, I, I welcome you guys to Blockchain Buzz, and uh, if you'd like to introduce yourself, boys.
0: Awesome! Thanks so much for the intro. Uh, so, my name's Lucas. Um, living in the US, we're all in Seattle, all three of us. We uh, we all joined together. Joined forces uh, to start the blockchain buzz, our own podcast uh, around November of this past year. So it's just an exciting project that we've been working
2: on. Hey guys, I'm Gaspar, uh, also one of the co-hosts here. Uh, re- really excited to get talking with you guys.
3: Yeah, but now I'm the third co-host, Luis. Really excited to be here
1: good stuff guys so i mean we had a brief introduction to each other as, uh, as we we're talking about five minutes before I hit record here and what we we're sort of asking the first question was uh when did you start the podcast which you've already answered so thank you very much for that um the second question is really just sort of just give myself and the listeners a bit of an understanding as to uh, your levels of trading experience so we start again from lucas work through Uh, that'd be great, guys. Let us know what got you started, how you started, how long you've been doing for.
0: Yeah. So we were talking a little bit about that uh, before we jumped on the call. Really, I mean, my interest in trading has been since I was an undergrad in college, uh, I really want to get in the space of trading penny stocks or something that had a lot of volatility moving back and forth where you can be more of a day trader. Because you look at the 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 U.S. stock market and things move relatively slow, maybe a couple of percent a year. Uh, good stocks, you know, maybe an Amazon or a, a Microsoft or an Apple is going to move a little bit quicker, but it's still it's still a very long game. So when I got involved in the cryptocurrency space, thanks to Gaspar, it it had that big draw of uh, it was a high volatility; things moved really fast. So. Coming back to kind of my background. So in, in college, I studied psychology uh, and I had a minor in economics. So taking both the, basically the, how people think about markets as well as having, you know, that that underlying foundation of knowledge of how do markets work um, from a very fundamental level, really got me interested in, in trading and then pairing that with wanting to get into more of that day trading aspect. And now in the cryptocurrency space, being able to do that. Uh, and, and maybe, you know, and I say day trade, but, uh, you know, trades over a couple weeks or maybe a couple months, uh, obviously there are some long-term holds as well, but, um, it's, you know, if, if nothing else, it, it's fun to make money, but, uh, I think, you know, I also get, uh, enjoyment out of just the action back and forth. It's, it's a really exciting thing to do.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. So Gaspar here, guys, uh, I've been trading for about Two years, and what interested me first was was the technology. You know, um, when when I first heard of Bitcoin, I was at a uh, smoothie bar in a random strip mall in Texas, and you know the guy there was very animated uh, about all the smoothies, and I thought he was the owner, but he's like, "Oh no, this is just my part time gig. I'm a cryptocurrency trader," and to me. I'd never heard the term cryptocurrency, you know, much less cryptocurrency trader. So I went home, I dug in and you know, I started looking for TED Talks and panel discussions. And I got really excited because, you know, two years ago, all the videos I, were, I was watching were a couple of days old, a couple months old. So I knew that I was getting into something that was revolutionary because the people that were talking, you know, you had Bill Gates, you had, you know, the CEO of Fidelity, you have all these um, first movers in the space. That uh, I admired and I respected, so it it kind of fueled that interest that I had in the space and I also see this as one of the largest redistributions of wealth um, It's allowing people who don't have much to begin with to make you know um, sizable amounts of money in a relatively small amount of time, and like Lucas was saying, you know in the traditional markets it's a little bit harder to make money because it takes a lot more money to make you know, a substantial amount to live on over the course of a year when, you know, the market on average is moving seven to
3: 10%. Yeah. And, uh, this is Luis over here. I'm the newbie of the group. I'm just along for the ride. These guys got me excited about it. And, uh, I kind of told them, you know, there's probably a lot of people like me that don't have a lot of info on it and we should bring it, share it out to the world with our podcast.
1: Good stuff. Okay. So a couple of things to clarify there, Gaspar. You said a strip joint, you learn about it, but you said a smoothie bar and make that, okay, so for me, that sounded like you were at a strip joint, like a stripper's no, club no. drinking a smoothie.
3: No, well, Makes sense
1: I, of that I, for me. That would have been
3: the more interesting story. That, that would
2: have been a more interesting story. Now, I was at a strip mall, which is like typical Texas, flat, big parking lot, open air mall kind of thing.
1: I got it. Got it. Okay. just want to clarify that for all the uh, listeners scratching their heads there thinking, <laughs> what's going on here? Uh, and yeah. secondly, look, you, the comment about Bill Gates, I really like that one. The reason I like it is that Bill Gates, I'm not sure if you're aware of it, he, he, kind of, um, he kind of went all in on the internet, took a bit of a gamble on that, and uh, obviously that paid off too. And we are sort of having a bit of an internet moment at the moment, I think. And one thing I can also bring from a, a level of um, understanding closer to Bill Gates, um, my old man's uh, a builder. He, he's actually building a house for the guy who runs Microsoft at the moment, and um, he was saying that you know Bill Gates didn't think that uh, Microsoft would go as big as it did. So uh, a bit of interesting point of view there. And I think many in the space as well. We are we are at a you know a computer age, internet age, uh, development and uh, technology space disruptor. Uh, and also the corporate world is being disrupted. I mean, everything, uh, not everything, because, you know, as you guys will know as well as I do and the listeners know, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't necessarily need to be on the blockchain. People just put it on the blockchain. But there are things that definitely do need to be there. So we're certainly seeing a massive shift in the way that um, the world is viewing the space. It's not just a thing about World of Warcraft and buying online drugs. Um, It's becoming legitimate and, uh, and a lot more powerful. So, I mean, Thanks for sharing with us your trading experiences. Um, it's interesting, Most, or a lot of people come into crypto trading and investing from a position of traditional markets. I mean, certainly myself, I've been uh, in, in traditional markets for the best part of about 18 years. I started investing very, very young. Um, and I've been trading properly, sort of, you know, right into it for the last 11 years. Um, now, when you suggest, when you guys talk about trading, I mean, a question for, for our listeners and myself is, are you talking about sort of being in and out of moves relatively quickly? Are trading technical analysis or are you looking to buy and hold sort of longer term, more of a fundamental side of things? If you could explain your approach to the market, that'd be great.
2: Yeah, a- absolutely. So this is Gaspar. Um, um, I'll try to take a stab at this. So there isn't just one right way to trade. Um, like in any space, you know, you try to diversify your portfolio where you have some of the bigger names that kind of anchor your portfolio that have less volatility. Uh, and less volatility is relative. You know, there's a lot of altcoins that might give you anywhere from 15 to 60% in a day. Um, the majority of my portfolio, I would say 70% is something I consider long-term. I'm waiting that one year to get the capital gains when I realize. And the rest is, you know, between medium term, another 20%. And then I say 10% of my account is what I would day trade on a daily basis. Over you know trades that are maybe three four hours, depending mm-hmm. on the the volume that you're getting on a given day.
0: Yeah, and I think something that I struggled with uh, when I was first getting into crypto was when people said long term, short term. Uh, I think everyone has somewhat of a different mindset of what that means, especially. When you when you're looking at crypto, because long term can mean a week uh, to some people, or long term might mean three months, or maybe it means five years. Um, so I think it's it's helpful to give a little bit more of kind of a definition of like for each person what you define as long term or short term. So for for myself, I when I when I go to make a trade, I try and put myself in an investor mindset. So I want to make sure that it's not just you know the Long Island blockchain. Obviously, that's, you know, in the stock market, but someone just, you know, putting blockchain in their name to raise the price of whatever it is their ICO um, or if it's, you know, publicly traded company. But that doesn't mean that I am planning on holding that for three to five years. Uh, there are projects that we are very bullish on the technology, but we're also very aware that this market moves in cycles pretty Consistently across, I mean, you look at ninety-five percent of altcoin charts right now, and they all look the exact same. They all have come down in that downtrend. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have looked at or heard of the market psychology chart, um, where it basically shows that massive run up and then the massive run down, the consolidation period before it runs up again. You know, so right now we're we're at the bottom of that, and so being cognizant of that is, I think, super helpful because. Yes, you can really believe in the technology and you can hold something long term. But if you want to make the most of your investment, I think if you can work to buy things when they're in that accumulation period and then make a sell uh, at the general top, obviously it's nearly impossible to calculate when that top is going to be. but. I mean, for me personally, I try and make sure that I'm buying near the bottom and I sell near the top and I know I'm not going to be perfect. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I look for fundamentally what are good projects, because I think those are the ones that consistently are going to have the run ups. But I also am, am not oblivious to the fact that this market is super immature still. Uh, there's going to be massive sell-offs over, I mean, right now it's been, what, three months or two months that we've had just a constant 2 3% bleed every single day. So just being cognizant of that uh, it has been super helpful.
2: Yeah. And another thing I'd like to add to that is we also have to understand that most of the altcoins are going to correlate to Bitcoin. Um, it's, you know, the the coin with the largest market dominance. And typically if Bitcoin's in a bearish trend, the rest of the altcoins are going to be in that same trend with probably a greater magnitude. Um, and it, it's also important to understand that the fundamental analysis comes first. And then once we narrow the projects that we're interested in, we we look at the, the technical analysis. Um, and so far in the cryptocurrency space, I've found the... Uh, RSI signals on the four hour or one day to be the most telling, um, especially if it is confirmed with a MACD cross. Um, Moving averages I haven't found to be as effective, but on certain exchanges, they give you those tools and they're just automatically on the charts. So then it starts to become a self-fulfilling prophecy. So it's important to understand what tools are on your exchange.
1: Yeah, it's, it's important to form your own opinions and your own structures and strategies. I mean, I, I've, I've basically applied the same methods that I've been using <coughs> in traditional markets as a full-time trader uh, and fund manager for years uh, into crypto. And I mean, it, it's quite interesting and quite telling. I mean, we all know that there's more than one way to do everything in life. Uh, there's a right way and there's another right way, and there's definitely a wrong way. And in trading and investing, there is two ways. There is ways you either make money or you don't make money. And I mean, you're talking about the MACD crossing and the RSI crossing. I throw that shit in the bin for my own personal trading, but <laughs> yeah. I use the moving, I use the moving averages, man. Like that, that's I'm a big advocate of moving averages. But it's about layering process. So there's not one single thing that ever helps me to make a decision for a trade. What I'm looking to do is have a combination of or a confluence of events around a certain yeah, specific absolutely. point that builds a picture that gives me a higher probability of success. Because as traders. And as investors, and I'm talking more on the trading side right now, all we have is probability on our side. We don't know that this trade is going to be a winner or a loser. What we try and do is stake the probabilities in our favour. Uh, for success. So again, it's just a testament to the fact that everyone, uh, there are different ways of doing it. And the most important thing to do is to seek out those professionals that are professionals. I mean, I'm talking about people that know what they're talking about. There's a lot of uh, YouTubers, a lot of Twitter Twitter artists and all these people out there that are very, very young, don't have much of an idea. And look, I don't mind the young, that's not my issue. It's, It's the language, it's the way they do it, it's the way they say things. You've got to be very selective. Somebody's overly, you know, swearing and, and, and telling people off and being negative in the space and being immature. Once this space does yeah. mature and we do see institutional money come in and this space grows, they're not gonna no one gives two hoots about what they say or think. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. young following young, which is fine. I think it's fantastic. I think it's fan, I think it's really, really good that this new millennials are getting an opportunity to, you know, move into something new. But I think that the the listeners out there uh, need to be very careful about who they're listening to and what they're listening to, and help to form their own opinion and understand the you know what's going on. Because following tips, you know, even if you've got somebody who's very very good at it and you're making a lot of money from it if that person decides that they want to then vanish and no longer do tips, well, then there goes your golden goose. So it's very, very important to make sure that you're across everything there. So, guys, I'll move on to the next question. I mean, look, from, from my point of view, I typically ask this of all of all the uh, guests that I have on the show. I mean, if we could, maybe you've got two or three points each that you could cover as far as, you know, or, or if it's only one, that's fine. But, I mean, there are a lot of people out there in the space, and this, my, my show is there to... Uh, educate and talk about cryptocurrency in general, the news, the, the way the charts are looking, the sentiment in the market, all things topical. But I always give it a bit of a dash on my daily show uh, of certain areas in life that you know we can improve on to make us better investors, better traders, better people going forward. Now, a lot of people, therefore, are coming onto my podcast that may not necessarily be that into crypto at the moment. They may be just starting to listen and learn about crypto. So I'm always very keen to, to listen to other professionals in the space, other people that have been around for a while, such as you boys, to find out what you think for the listeners would be some really important things about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general. Any pointers, any tips, anything to watch out for? Just a little bit of a you know a brief uh, what to avoid and what to look for
3: uh, So here, Louise here, I think uh, for me personally um, I think we already touched on it, but being kind of new in the space, one of the big things we always talk about is do your own research, and I think that's very important in this space, like we already said, there's a lot of really cool projects, really important um, blockchain technologies that are going on. And it's really interesting to invest in. But like you said, there's also a lot of sham or a lot of scams or uh, people that chill, uh projects that they just want to make money off. And so I think the biggest thing is do your own research, um, especially if you're new, especially if you're somewhat curious. Do your own research. listen to a variety of perspectives. And yeah, I think that's what we, we we try to do on our podcast.
1: Any of you boys want to add anything more to that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Lucas here. Um, so something that as I've watched markets go up, watch them go down and back up and down, uh, you know, a realization that I have come to, and I I just want to share that this is my opinion. Um, and Gaspar and Luis (laughs) may think this may not, that's okay. Um, But really, right now, where the cryptocurrency markets and technological space is at, everything right now is a shitcoin. There are very, very, very few projects that have working technology that are implemented at scale that are going to continue to grow at scale from where they're at currently. And that doesn't mean, and and I don't want it to sound like blockchain technology and cryptocurrencies are not the way of the future. I truly believe that they are. But in terms of when you look at something like the market confidence, you could have an incredible project. um, and, And, you know, we could go and name like five or 10 that we're very bullish on long term. But In the short term, and and when I say short term in this sense, I mean maybe the next year, two years, uh, they're going to follow those market cycles that we talked about. They're going to have massive run-ups and they're going to have massive sell-offs over periods of time. And I think that just, again, it kind of comes back to the immaturity of the market and the immaturity of the use of the technology. And I think that is a factor of the environment, not of the technology. I, I just think that the world hasn't caught up yet. And it was the same thing with the internet. It had a massive run-up, but really the infrastructure wasn't there. We we didn't have websites where you could go in, buy and sell super easy. You know, what Amazon has done for shipping and things like that, that was something that was slowly built up over time. And I think basically the, that same idea is going to be true of blockchain technology. Um, you know, you have supply chain moving to blockchain technology, which I think is the way of the future. You have medical uh, devices, medical information, maybe moving to blockchain technology. It's the way of the future. But the infrastructure has not been there yet. Um, And it's something that we talked in our episodes earlier, that the financial sector really has the infrastructure there. So to trade back and forth, um, that's already set. and, And that's why you see these markets where there's a lot of volume relatively for not having institutional money um, being traded back and forth. But when you look at the everyday use case, it hasn't really been there yet. So um, I think moving forward, we're going to move there. But um, just keeping that in mind of you can be super bullish on something over the next year doesn't mean it's going to go consistently up. It, It might have those swings up and down.
1: Uh, Tell me about it, mate. I mean, one of the things that I consider, sorry, I'll I'll just jump in there, one of the things that that blows my mind for, I mean, I'm a traditional investor, um, and I'm in cryptocurrency now, I'm putting most of my time and effort, nearly all of my time and effort into crypto now, is that, you know, you, you... the, the, the valuations, essentially valuations, are due to the market or based on the market cap. A valuation of a company that's mm-hmm. worth over a billion dollars and they don't even have a revenue stream. Uh, I mean, that is just absolute madness to me. It's, it's, you know, sure, I mean, you can get into this market and they can have a good idea and if the whole... If the whole market decides it's a good idea, the thing will pump. But you look at all of them, like you said before, the cycle. If And this is the thing I have about a lot of people. and like, This is what I try and teach in my courses and my programs and through my shows and my content that I constantly put out is you're going to look to take profits too because otherwise you'll be left with the baby, the bathwater will be gone. You know, you, if you do <laughs> yeah. get a really significant move, you've A, got to minimise your risk and B, lock in your profits. And don't think that, oh, you know, this moon Lambo, rubbish. I mean, come on, wake up become an investor, become an intelligent human being. This is a market, it is a new market. The moves are extraordinary in this market, but it will come back to be like any other market, and that is one where people make money and people lose money. And if you're going to be someone who makes money, you need to be someone who takes money and takes profit and locks that in and becomes less of just somebody who buys crypto and goes, ha, 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 let's go to the moon, and more of a professionally-minded institutional type-thinking investor. And that might sound scary, it's not meant to be. You need to learn how to manage your portfolio and to know and plan out what it is that you're doing. And I think a lot of structure is lacking in the space in that regard.
2: Yeah, no, I, I absolutely, I absolutely agree, um, Gaspar. Here again, and kind of to echo that point, I think the the thing that has made me most successful is the use of stop loss. And once your asset starts to run up and you're day trading it, you know, move those stop losses up. You know, if you're not going to be watching your uh, accounts or your portfolio, don't just walk away. And like you said, you know, you, we we need a greater degree of maturity and educating yourself and understanding how to use the tools on your exchange is incredibly important. And like you said, taking profits is essential because you could get a pump that, you know, is a flash pump that's only around for a couple of hours. But if you already have your sell target already there, uh, you know, you can make profit off of those. And the markets are very predictable. You can have an open buy at a, you know, resistance level and have an open sell somewhere near a, you know, uh, resistance line. And, you know, you can make profits very easily. Um, another point that I would, or uh, sorry, another tip that I would give someone who is interested or curious in the, in the space is, to, you know, stay away from ICOs, L- look for something that's established, something with a big company um, associated with, you know, mitigate that risk. If you see, you know, Google Ventures dropping $40 million, you know, it's okay for you to take your 100 or $200 investment, you know, you can sleep a little better, um,
3: yeah, one thing we, uh, we kind of talked about is uh, you want to be an investor, not a gambler. You want to, like, like you said already, take your, prof- take your profits because you should have a goal in mind, whether like for us maybe paying off a house or paying off debt. You, know, you want to make your profits and you want to be smart about them.
1: Yeah, taking profits is one thing, and people, I sometimes get, you know what the market can be like, guys, you know what the participants can be like, they can be absolute, you uh, you know, fully into it, like, oh, well, We'll, we'll, you know, they'll think all banks will disappear, the world will be changed, we'll only use cryptocurrencies, it'll all be decentralised, blah, blah, blah. And that's a wonderful theory to have. but I don't see it happening in our lifetime. I think that the power will shift. Uh, I think that the banks will still be banks. I just need to change and pivot. But we need to be realistic. Now, the space of blockchain technology, cryptocurrencies, it will have its place in the world, absolutely. Do I think it will be the only thing that exists? No, I don't. Do I think that everything will be decentralised? No, I don't. And the more that I read about decentralisation, the more I realise, it's actually not as fast because of the very virtue of the fact that it is not secured in one place. But that's okay. So as it develops, things will change. But I think that the understanding of you know you've got to you've got to convert money away from your your alts a lot of the time. Now, when I say take profits, it doesn't need to be. And this is where I get back to my point about people frowning I me saying taking profits. I mean, I don't care if they frown upon me. I really, really couldn't care less. <laughs> but um, my point is, you know, you, let's say you're in a in a small alt and it goes from market cap of forty million to four hundred million. Well you've got a ten X profit there. Now, when I say take profit it doesn't necessarily mean take it out of the markets in general. You might have three or four projects which you see as your blue chip investment products. You know, maybe Bitcoin, maybe Ethereum, maybe Litecoin. But let's say those are, those are your three, okay? That's not investment advice, it's just using three examples, right? So let's say we're looking at those three. So we get the... Pump, very popular examples. <laughs> very popular, yeah, yeah. Let's say we get a pump. Um, and after, after having lunch with Charlie Lee a couple of weeks ago, I'm... Pretty confident that Litecoin will be around for a while. <laughs> but, um, but the bottom line I'm trying to get to is really that you can take your profits. So you take a 10x from one thing and you bring it back across, sit it in Ethereum, sit it in IOTA, so, you know, uh, whatever Bitcoin, Litecoin, whatever it may be. That's taking profits. Uh, It doesn't need to come out into US dollar, Australian dollar, Euro, sterling, whatever it may be. You can harvest. That's what I call it. You you can take profits in one area and then you can bring it back across into another part uh, into the coins or tokens that you consider will be around for that 5, 10, 20 year period. So taking profits isn't just about, and when I say that, I I don't want people to get uh, misdirected in the sense that I'm saying, take your money out of the markets, not at all. You should take some out, no doubt. You've got to reward yourself for good behaviours, good, good practice, good rule following, good routines and good structure. You have to reward good behaviours to continue to do those good behaviours as a trader. But, I mean, it's about more about locking that into something that you believe you can build your stack on. And I think that's a a mis- uh, you know a misviewed conception about when I say take profit. So there's different ways of taking profit, certainly, uh, and, and that's a point to make. So, guys, one last question, so we keep it around that half an hour time because I, I like to keep the show around half an hour is... Um, i mean actually there'll be two more questions but the second last question is where do you think from your point of view because look i have my opinions uh, and i believe in them very strongly but i also listen to others and i I look to form opinions based around consensus understanding reality and legislation now where do you guys see blockchain and i say blockchain not just bitcoin or cryptocurrency because i think cryptocurrency can still be seen as a bit of a you know a dirty word a misunderstood word i prefer the word crypto assets but i mean blockchain and crypto assets where do you see those two going in the next five years
2: yeah this is gaspar I, i can start off so first and foremost i think the fact that you have something digital that's unique for the first time is is game changing and uh, as we mentioned you know there are some sectors that are poised to take advantage of it and that's the financial sector that's you know the gaming se- sector where you have you know transferable items and things like that so we're already seeing that start to pick up uh, the next thing that we're starting to see are you know shared economies there are you know power ledgers something that lets you you know share excess electricity that you have, uh, there are ride-sharing applications. Great, uh, there, there, that one. Yep. There, there are applications, um, for RFID tracking that couple with the blockchain. So, you know, supply chain is also, um, already investing in that sector. Um, you know, in five to 10 years, I think, you know, we could see a market cap of, you know, one to $2 trillion. Uh, I, I expect that, um, but in terms of the technology, I think it's going to continue to accelerate because, you know, Bitcoin came out in 2008, you know, right after the financial crisis. And from then to now, it's an asset class that's grown like nothing else in human history. Um, so I expect the trajectory uh, maybe to slow down. Some people talk about a, a, a crypto winter that, you know, might last a year or two, mm-hmm. that Bitcoin might hit two and a half k. But even if it hits that two and a half K, I'm bullish on the technology long-term and I'm okay holding through that, you know, winter if it comes. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So this is Lucas. So something that we've talked about, um, maybe between ourselves, I don't know if if this was on one of our podcasts yet, but the idea that this is, uh, I don't want to call it a technology, but it's, it's a asset, I guess would, would probably be the the best term to use in the sense where it is, it's really starting as an investment piece. It's a store of value, but it's a store of value that's trying to become a currency. So if you look at Litecoin or, or Bitcoin, especially now with uh, SegWit, with uh, the Lightning Network implementation, things like that, it's really trying to make that shift from being basically somewhere to hold your money to somewhere where you can go and actually make transactions back and forth on a large scale. What I think is going to push it into more of a currency, if it does, is going to be an Amazon or some large scale retailer that starts accepting Litecoin or Bitcoin or what, you know, maybe one of the other hundreds of uh, crypto assets as trying to be a currency. I think, I think if we get that, then... That large scale adoption of this being an everyday uh, piece of transactional value is going to have, you know, that hockey stick adoption rate. Without that, I think it's going to continue to have this controversial, regulatory stances back and forth where no one can really make a decision Uh, no one really can come into a unanimous uh, opinion so it's going to be difficult over the next couple of years but in terms of blockchain i think right now this is going to be the most advanced type of technology that we have at least for the next five years if you look at you know the new pieces of technology that have come through points of history, they all have kind of that excitement phase and that general adoption phase. And then they start to wean off as the new latest and greatest comes in. We may see something that works better than blockchain technology or is maybe completely different, but becomes kind of a new craze of technology. But at least for the next five, 10 years, this is what everyone's looking at. This is what everyone is focusing on. You know, I can tell you from, the amount of people who have tried to add me on LinkedIn because I've blockchain written um, in my title uh, who say, you know, I'm looking to get into it. Can you help me uh, find a role, whatever it may be, or maybe I'm experienced in this. I'm looking to move companies, whatever. Um, this is where the really smart people are going to be investing their time. And I think that is going to drive further and further advancements with blockchain technology.
1: Yeah. I, I'm with you on that, man. I mean, the, the technology itself, like what, what, things that can be done um, to... I mean, look, the, the way things happen quickly is business wanting them to because business makes more money. Profits drive the way we operate. Um, the power of the people is very important, but business is going to help to fuel that. Um, you know, if we—if a business can be shown a way through using the blockchain where it's cheaper for security, faster for the product, or, or a better user experience for the, the end user or the business itself, these are the sort of things that are going to help bring larger businesses into the space. You're quite right. In terms of the the cryptocurrency conversation, i.e. a form of currency where we transact, um, I I don't see that as being the area where we will see the biggest developments in in the coming years. We already have some very good, well-established players in that space. Um, uh, and, And look, right now it's about, you know, looking to find ways that we can improve Other areas of business to bring it in and and improve the way that we operate as a human society uh, can also do that. So cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, blockchain, whatever you want to call it, crypto assets is the the, the way I like to consider it because it is an asset and it is crypto and it combines both of them. And it sounds less like flying Lambos to the moon and more about like an investment product (laughs) that makes it more interesting for institutional investors. So thanks. One last question. One last question from each of you, right? Now you might have you might have the same um the same answer and that's fine if you do but uh if you've got one or three let me know or let the viewers sorry viewers let the listeners know what do you think the top three or the top piece of advice is when you're looking for a token when you actually when you're doing your research what are the top three it might just be one or two i don't know if you got three you might have more but what what do you consider uh, and this might be a collective answer because you will work together but what do you consider to be the most important things that they are looking for if somebody's looking at researching because we say do your own research but a lot of people go well, well you know how do we do our own research? I'll, I can teach people the technical stuff, but what do you think as far as the fundamentals go when you're researching a product? What are the what are the three things that you are uh, effectively looking for? Again, it doesn't need to be three, but yeah, important factors.
0: Yeah, so um, that's actually, we dedicated one of our um, first five episodes, um, which is really kind of our launch, our learning episodes into that because that's something that Gaspar has thought a lot about as he's starting to see this market mature, he's, he's seen the pump and dumps. He's seen the legitimate projects that have grown. Um, so we, we did a full episode on that. So I'm going to turn it over to Gaspar. And this is going to be our collective answer um, because he has a very refined uh, list of points that th- that are things that he looks for.
2: Sure. Um, so I guess the, the, the five points that the blockchain bus would leave you with, um, I'll go through them in order and then I'll talk a little bit about each. Uh, plausibility, persistence and transparency, participation from the community, partnerships and prior fundraising. And those last two kind of go hand in hand. Um, and what we mean by plausibility is, you know, does the idea make sense? Is there clear market demand for the service or the tool? And, you know, at, kind of as a rule of thumb, we like to stay away from projects that merely seek to replace a fiat currency. We we like to look for projects that um, are platforms for other, projects to build on. And, you know, that creates demand. And we saw that with Ethereum. Um, so participation from the community. So do we have an active community on, tw- on Twitter, Reddit, Telegram? You know, look for projects with a lot of community interests, because typically the projects that succeed are the ones that have successful media campaigns, the people that can get people energized. Um, so partnerships, what we mean from that is, you know, there are a lot of, like you said, there's a lot of incumbent technology companies and services companies that are scrambling to be competitive. And a lot of them are uh, instead of developing their own blockchains or technologies, they're, they're partnering with a lot of these projects. So if I see that the coin is partnering with a Microsoft, with a Google, or, you know, with, uh, you know, some other incumbent technology company, that's something that, you know, it's a gold star for me and something that goes hand with that hand in hand with that. And the final point is, you know, prior fundraising rounds. Uh, VC funding, if I see that there are other people with a lot of money that are putting their time and resources into a project, uh, I'm more comfortable making my own investments
1: yeah mate thank you that was uh, a really good way of looking into it a <laughs> five point they were all P's is that right yeah Yeah. That was, it was purposeful purposeful <laughs> five P's <laughs> look, that, look that was really good guys, and thanks gentlemen for, uh, for your time times so, I mean look that, that five step breakdown I think that's going to be probably one of the most valuable things that uh, the listeners can take away from this and uh, on that point awesome. guys Glad I, I just wanted to say thank you very much for being on the show don't forget listeners the blockchain buzz to go and subscribe to to their uh, podcast channel right now. Uh, you can see the link below. You'll have access to all the way to get to those guys. A lot more shows to come from them. A lot of great shows under their belt already. And uh, three young men with a big future, a very good understanding for the space. And again, guys, I thank you very much for your time. Thank hey, you. We appreciate
3: it. Yeah, really fun. Thanks for having us. Good
1: on you, guys. Take care.
0: The Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast. Check out tradercobb.com because experience matters.